Check, check, mic check. Mic check, mic check. check. Welcome to Making Sense of Wealth with Andrew Whalen, your personal CFO. The show where we break down complex financial topics and market events into investor-friendly concepts so that you can make better informed decisions about your financial future. Because if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. Welcome to another episode of Making Sense of Wealth. I'm your host, Andrew Whalen. Before we get into today's podcast, I wanted to give a brief market update, uh, talk a little bit about COVID. It looks like some of the states are starting to see a little bit of a spike in the infection rate, as well as hospitalizations, such as in states as Arizona, Florida, and Texas. And we even saw announcements today from specific companies taking uh, additional precautions um, such as here in Las Vegas, the governor of the state mandated masks being worn. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how that's going to affect the market over the next few weeks as we've seen the market kind of fizzle out from that March 23rd low. But that is not the subject of today's podcast. Today, we wanted to talk about the coronavirus real estate, and you. So the majority of our clients uh, and the large majority of individuals uh, either own a home or are looking for a home. So today I am joined by Liana Paola. Is that correct? Lena Paola. Lena. Oh, man. I'm so sorry. Okay. No I'm so nervous. I'm no so worries. nervous. No worries. Lena. I apologize, Lena. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself, uh, where the agency that you work with, uh, and just a little bit about uh, your history? Yes. So I am... Um, a local. I've lived here over 20 years. I've been in real estate for 15. Awesome. Went to UNLV. Local. And yes. Um, and I've worked through all the markets. So I've worked through the past recession mm-hmm. and, and now I'm working through Corona. So, corona. Yeah. Every, everyone's a little bit unique, right? Yes. Uh, and and what's interesting is, you know, a lot of a lot of people that are born and raised in Vegas um, were called unicorns. Um, and for, I think, a number of reasons, just because of how unique we are and how uh, often you don't see us around. Um, but that's great. So 15 years of experience, and uh, you lived through 08, um, and there's a lot of parallels between 08 and today, at least maybe it is the initial shock. Um, but I think there's a lot of big differences, um, and we'll get into those. So right now we are in a recession, so uh, a recession is defined as negative GDP growth. It may not always feel like it um, when we go out, uh, but we're technically in a recession. So just from a 30,000-foot overview, I know that retail sales were you know up 17%. I know home builder sentiment came out just the other day, and that was an increase from April, but still relatively negative. Um, and then I did just read that sales o- across the U.S., and I know we're going to be talking specifically Vegas, were down about 9% in May and 27% year over year. Um, and the, that's the biggest decline since 1982 when, when interest rates were you know, 18 or 19% uh, on a mortgage. I mean, we, we complain you know, trying to refinance from a four to a three. Uh, I can't even imagine if it was 18%. Um, but how does a recession you know, generally affect, because of your experience in 08 and even now, how does it affect the real estate market just in general? So um, different effects. So currently the biggest effect we have is the unemployment. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't have a job, unfortunately, you're unable to gain a loan. So without a loan, you can't gain a home. And that's where it's greatly without affecting. Without a loan, you can't gain a home. I like that. I mean, that's really where it's greatly affecting us. Mm-hmm. Most people know it's temporary unemployment. 
So it's not going to be a long-term effect. Sure. I mean, I personally have been busier now than I was at the beginning of the year. Wow. Yeah, people have what they feel is more disposable income. Sure. Um, and more, we talked about that, right? Because yes. they're not going to concerts, yeah. not going on vacation. So that GDP so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. is going now towards things that they probably should have been spending it towards before, Yeah, which is home purchase. Um, sure. So there are plenty of people that do still have homes, that do still have the proof of income. So me personally and our home sale numbers have not locally seen a decline. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so we are doing still pretty well, uh-huh. although we had some fallouts. Um, like you said, in April, there are a few homes that couldn't get financed because of people not being able to say that the this, income. Yes. This yeah, that's is interesting. And, and I never even thought about it from that standpoint where uh, you have to show proof of income. Uh, and even if you have the assets, uh, you're not always guaranteed to be able to get a loan if you can't show that stream of income. And even if you're temporary furloughed and you're collecting unemployment and that unemployment is a third of what you may have made on a monthly basis, or or is it if you are collecting unemployment, that doesn't count as a source of income? Correct. Okay. Yes. So uh, as the economy opens back up and hopefully, let's just look at Vegas locally, demand picks up, occupancy picks up, then they start bringing more people back in to work in the hotel industry, just as an example, then that could affect real estate demand because um, now those people will be able to show proof of income. And even though they wanted to buy it three months ago or a month ago, now they've got the income to kind of show it. That is correct. So most people um, maybe had to have that pause April, May-ish are going to pick back up in June, July. That's great. Yeah. That's I mean it's so it's something to look forward to on the on the horizon. And uh, what what I saw was is you know it could be a problem at least from a financial standpoint unless Congress extends those unemployment additional benefits and the economy doesn't open up like what we were hoping it would. Um, that could be a wrench in and not just the real estate market and just in general. Um, but what can home buyers and sellers that's an equally important part of the equation. What can they expect um, if, if they can qualify, if they're ready to sell their home or they're ready to buy a home? What can they expect as far as the experience to be like for the rest of 2020? Um, and how has that experience changed for you? So the one thing that um, has changed, we have more disclosures. So, of course, anytime there's a risk of a lawsuit and there's a risk of you know, differences in contracts, you have to have extra disclosure. So we have coronavirus disclosures, um, changing in occupancy and showing. So we cannot Uh show um, homes that are occupied by tenants, and that should be changing here soon, and we can't have open houses. So those were the biggest changes. Um, If it's keep everybody safe. Yeah, if it's owner-occupied, it's up to the owner. And if it's vacant, of course, you can show it. Mm-hmm. Um, so those were the biggest changes. And then the disclosure allows for the seller and or the buyer to back out of the deal if need be. Regardless. Yes, because of the situation. Yes, because of financing. Um, but other than that, things have pretty much been the same. 
sellers still have nice homes, still have multiple offers within the first week, and they're that's gone great. within the first week. That's that's great. Yeah. And do you have you did you see? So I mean, to that point, um, if you're doing those because you have those restrictions, where typically in the real estate market you have the open house. I mean, I've seen million-dollar listings a couple times, so I know generally how it works. Uh, but I'm an extreme novice, so you have the open houses, and uh, that brings in you know the potential brokers and buyers. Um, but that, to, to your point, hasn't not being able to do those things hasn't really drastically affected the the buyers on that buyer seller equation. Just the unemployment and the the lack of being able to show income has really been Just that the big proof hurdle. Of income, yes. Yeah, that's that's. I, I didn't even think about that. So, in the state of the real estate market, kind of where we're at now, um, since two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine, or two thousand and ten would be, I guess, probably the low. Um, what changes have there been made? Uh, to help circumvent kind of what happened in 08 from a lending standpoint. I know when I qualified for, for my mortgage, you know, I had to basically give up my first unborn child. Um, so what other than that, uh, what kind of significant changes have put in place to kind of shell up the system of not only the lending but the real estate market in general? Um, so one of the big downfalls for, you know, that 2000 to 08 mm-hmm. um, decade of lending was all you needed was an ink pen and a social security number. And now, I mean, they want verification of assets and um, it's a lot more stringent. Um, Depending on your FICO, depends on your ability to gain that loan and how much you can receive in lending. It's just a lot more stringent in the type of lending and they're just not as quick to give you money just for having an income. And case in point, no income, no proof of income, no loan. Just now, I mean, now, from that st- standpoint, you could have, you know, assets. But even now, since all of this, they've increased the DTI, so your debt-to-income requirements. Really? Yeah. So, so talk things, about that. So that instantly occurred. So as soon as they realized that, okay, we're hitting a recession, that we have some changes that need to be implemented to avoid Mm -hmm. a housing crisis, Mm -hmm. they instantly implemented housing um, lending changes. Sure. And uh, specifically to, you know, the overall uh, market, you know, now versus then, um, you know, I always get uh, clients or even uh, prospects that come in and they always feel that we're going to see another major housing collapse. Um, and I try to educate them a little bit about you know the differences of the financial crisis and COVID. Uh, and I'm not trying to downplay you know the pandemic or anything, but it's a little bit more like a natural disaster where it kind of wipes things out. We have to rebuild, but the underlying economy is still there. Versus 08, you had a true liquidity crisis in the banking system piled on top of that of bad lending um, and everything they did from a complex financial product standpoint. Um, can you talk to, you know, just kind of the differences of 08 and what we're going through now? Yeah, so and, you, and, and do we expect a, a big 50 or 60% crash in, in real estate? I'm not asking you to make a prediction. I, no, yeah. I, can, I can predict that. Absolutely okay. not. I mean, unless something catastrophic happened that we don't have occurring right now. Mm-hmm. But as it as of right now, we will not see yeah. that fifty percent, you know, off of a home. 
Um, that, so if you're interested, <laughs> keep looking, right? Yes. And, 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 and at least... And I mean, if you see a decline, I mean, it is naturally cyclical to have, you know, that three to five percent change in a market. Sure. But the double digit market change in a year, I mean, we're not, you know, we're not really looking at that right now. We, our market has stabilized a little bit to where we're on that single digit increase and decrease. Yeah, and that's and that's interesting because we're so hyperly sensitive to large groups of people here gathering, right? Uh, meaning, uh, any kind of tourism or leisure stocks are clearly you know taking a hit now. Um, and it's nice to hear that the system has the solvency to to hold on to it, whereas 08, people just couldn't afford the payments, right? I mean, they, they couldn't afford the payments on the on the different types of mortgages, which I'll get into in just a second, but significant differences between then and now. Um, and, and like I've said, you know, um, it was almost a once in a generation type of event, what happened in 08 versus the similarities of COVID just because we happened to have a recession. It's just so fresh in their mind where, you know, you, neither of us were alive during the great depression, but maybe one of our grandparents, you know, was just on the cusp of it. Um, and then they saw the, you know, the 08 crisis. Um, so that's interesting. So I'm going to kind of divert just a little bit to more of uh, on the a little bit on the lending side because I know a lot of our clients now with rates so low. So just as an example, my my uh, jumbo loan is at a four seventy five, um, and just out of laziness, I haven't um, refinanced anything. But I know there's a thirty year fixed rate mortgage, which is kind of like the the pedestal of of mortgages. Um, then there's different arms, adjustable rate mortgages, whether it's a ten one or a seven one. Um, and then there's interest only. Um, fixed and variable, I think, because we, we kind of discussed a little bit of that before. Um, can we go through, you know, especially, uh, you know, if, I don't know, I know one person um, uh, personally that has lived in their house for 30 years, um, and that's my grandparents. Uh, I know a number of clients that have lived in their house and, and stayed there their entire life and paid off their mortgage before retirement, all the things that you should be checking off. Um, but it seems to me that the younger generation um, isn't so inclined to set their feet in concrete. Uh, can we talk about the pros and cons of the different types of mortgages that are available and how you address it with clients, whether they're uh, baby boomers getting a, a house, moving from California and relocating to save money, uh, or if they're a younger generation like you and I, maybe just wetting their beak in their first house uh, and not sure if they're going to be there for an extended period of time? Yeah, so I do have to disclose I am not a lender. Yeah, yeah, yes. But, um, you know, with my experience, I can say, in my opinion, mm -hmm. I personally do not recommend adjustable loans. Mm -hmm. Almost never. Um, and is it because you, you just can't control the unforeseen, right? Exactly. I mean, you can't control a pandemic happening tomorrow, right. unfortunately. Um, interest only, to, in my opinion, are good options if it's an investment. Mm -hmm. Personally, for an owner-occupied home, even if you only plan on staying there five years, I personally don't recommend interest-only home okay. um, loans. Interest-only loans. Because Interest-only loans still require you to refinance at a certain point. Sure. And you can't guarantee that. Right. So anything you can't guarantee, if you're living in that home, I personally don't recommend. 
Because you're taking that risk. It's a, right? always a risk. It may be 3% now and seven years from now, whatever that period it's of time. A risk. Maybe eight. It's always a risk. And, and now you're stuck in the home or, or you can't sell it. Or the, the year or, before we go through an 08 crisis and now you can't sell your home for what you owe. Or you can't refinance it sure. for that 20% equity that you need for that refinancing. Sure. Very smart. So that 30 year is always the safest. Or the 15 year. Okay. If you, want to get it, if you want to get it done quicker. Yeah. Um, but interest only, I recommend typically on investment properties. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Because you don't want to hold, you know, you don't want all your assets to be held up in your investments. Yeah, in the investments. And, and maybe on the investment, you, you have a little bit more finite time frame of when exactly. you want to own it. Okay. Very interesting. So um, we, we kind of talked about where the market is locally here. Uh, and at least for you, you've seen you know a relatively solid pace of buyers and sellers, even compared to January, despite the pandemic, um, and despite everything that's going on. Specifically, the amount of people that are tied to you know uh, tourism and travel here locally, which is positive. So hopefully, as we start to you know open up a little bit more, maybe get some positive signs in the medical space. Uh, maybe companies will be bringing more people back. Where do you see prices kind of going? And again, I'm not locking you in on, on, on a prediction, but you know, just your best educated guess, um, giving if the economy just remains normal, essentially, um, for the rest of this year, where do you see them next year? Where, you know, where, where do you see the market? I, I don't see any major increases. Yeah. I personally, within the next six months, don't see any major decreases. Mm-hmm. It, if this pandemic has a long-term effect on people's employment, that's where we'll see the effects. If a person cannot stay in their home, you know, one year out, two years out, that's where we may see some effects. And it's not going to be major effects because we've kind of circumvented that with sure. unemployment benefits and stimulus and all type of resources for mm-hmm. people to avoid being in those situations this round. That's positive. Yeah. Yeah. So let's hope that you know we can get to a point in the economy where that bridge that the you know government supplied to individuals and businesses is long enough to get us there. Um, now, if I was interested in selling my home, um, what? advice would you give to somebody um, that is thinking of selling their home in today's environment? What, uh, not only advice, but, you know, kind of precautions, CYAs for you as, you know, a professional um, of expectations of selling in this market if someone's interested? Um, and I guess that depends on the type of house you have. Well, it also depends on the person. So we have, you know, some older clients that are a little bit more precautious. Mm-hmm. Um if you're concerned with the virus, you know, you may want to do virtual tours. And how are those, by the way? So they they do work. It's not ultimately optimal. I mean, sure. most clients that are going to be owner-occupied, they do want to see the property. Mm-hmm. Um, properties that are tenant-occupied are sitting on the market a little longer right now. Tenants aren't leaving, and they're not showing the home. Yeah. So, so it, would that be like rental properties? Correct. Yeah. yeah. So those are a little bit more difficult to sell because... Right now. Yeah. Yeah. Because the tenant's not going anywhere. Not only is the tenant not going anywhere, they're not showing the home. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's a, that's a statewide law. So, it, wow. yeah. It, that should be lifted here soon. But sure. for right now, the last few months, we've had that to where there are no show. 
So from the real estate numbers that are coming in here, at least locally, um, uh, the large majority of them are owner-occupied sales? Um, and or, vacant, or vacant. Or vacant. Or vacant. Okay. Yeah. Because of that? that uh, I mean, here and there, we get some tenants that will show. Okay. Here and there, you get an owner that has some type of agreement. Sure. It's very few, far, and in between. Sure. So what other piece of advice? So other than setting expectations... Um, is there a typical time frame on you know selling a home now? It's a, is really it? almost nothing has changed in wow. that aspect. I mean, a home that is in good condition mm-hmm. literally is gone in less than a week. That's great. Yeah, and encouraging yes. for people. And I still think that you're going to continue to see. You know, what was unfortunate about this, at least here in the local market, is we spent the last two or three years really kind of diversifying the economy away from the strip where we were looking at uh, pro NHL teams and then a pro NFL team Um, on top of the fact that we have no state income tax and a lot of people in California are in that retirement age and they want to get away. So maybe Arizona or maybe uh, Nevada, um, possibly Utah, I guess, because it's close as well. Let's not forget our very low property taxes. Yeah, low property taxes as well. So uh, we we had this kind of perfect buildup and then, you know, Corona had to come in and, and put a wrench in it. But I think that, you know, if anything, you know, Las Vegas did live through the Spanish flu pandemic and we've lived through multiple different situations where we've actually come through bigger and better because we've learned from what we've what we've done before. So what's optimistic though is because what I see is housing in general is a significant amount of someone's net worth. And to see the the relatively liquid nature right now, at least in today's snapshot, of being able to move that if you have to, uh, continues to bring optimism of anybody who would want to move into the city um, to take advantage of the tax rates um, and the new things that are coming here uh, as a vibrant part of, you know, the western part of the United States. Our weather's still better than hey, the east. And, hey, yeah. I, I agree. And, and you know, born and raised here, it's, you, know, you put up with two and a half, three months of, of blistering heat. You know, you just don't go on as many hikes or uh, things like that. That's what the that. AC is for. Yeah, that's what the AC is for, exactly. Um, well, would you like to add anything else? Um, anything to kind of look out for or anything that um, uh, your credentials as far as how people can get a hold of you or if they want to list their home, how can they get a hold of you? Yes, so any Anyone interested in buying or selling, please give me a call, 702-460-3632, and I'm happy to hear from you, and let's discuss this further. Love that. Well, thank you for joining us today. I really do appreciate you thank taking you. the time. It was nice um, with you. And uh, for everybody out there, we're going to sign off. Thanks for listening. And remember, if it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. Thanks. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor. Member FINRA, SIPIC. Wayland Financial and Lena Paolo are a separate entity from LPL. This material is for general information only and is not intended to provide specific advice and recommendation for any individual.